When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, it's Greg Hoffman from Take Command. And the best part about podcasts is they create a 25th hour in the day. Whenever I'm commuting, metro, car, even when I'm riding my bike around town, although in that case, one earphone only, safety kids, I'm always listening to podcasts. And this offseason, you can get all the insights, all the news, all the analysis, and Logan and I occasionally make a joke or two in the Take Command podcast on demand so it fits in to your busy schedule. Follow Take Command in the Odyssey app or wherever you get your pods. Take Command podcast from Odyssey Sports. I'm Craig Hoffman. That's Logan Paulson. Sam Fortier of the Washington Post is with us. So I want to I double-click on the DBs real quick because... Yeah. That is definitely an area of need for Washington. But I, I guess I would ask both of you guys, uh, is like, in what way? Do you think they need a starting outside corner to replace Kendall Fuller? Like, do you anticipate them moving on? And Sam, we'll start with you and whatever info you might have on that because there's quite a bit of, of cap savings uh, potentially to be had there. Um, obviously, there's some questions at nickel as well, and that's a starting position for this defense. So, like, what do they actually need at corner before we dive back into the group and, and how they could potentially fill it? Yeah, I, I think that it's... My my sense is right now, like, there are a couple different options on the table. Certainly moving on from, from Kendall is a possibility. Um, I think you could also see him move inside to solve the, the nickel problem. Obviously, he's played that before. Um, and, and it probably it just depends on, on how things shake out, both free agency um, and, and the draft period. Uh, to me, I think it makes most sense to bump him inside. Um, maybe you, you know, restructure his contract if, if you're worried about the cap hit. Um, but... <sighs> And, and maybe you go outside corner in the first round. Maybe you go offensive line. But I think that right now, from, from where things stand, there are a couple different options. But to me, it makes the most sense to move him inside. Yeah, I would agree. I think um, I think you need another outside corner. And I think you were kind of navigating that um, with, you know, with the cornerback situation, what it was last year. And then Benjamin St. Juice evolution, kind of to show you that he can be a true number one outside guy. And so I think you still need a number one outside guy at some point. You need to make that decision. And right now, I will say the top of this draft is very, um, you know, and obviously there's a free agent route, but the, the top of this draft is very full of outside guys that are that are very, very talented. And, you know, you got Joey Porter Jr., you got Christian Gonzalez, you got Kylie Ringo, you got Cam Smith, Clark Phillips, Emmanuel Forbes. All those guys will potentially go in the first round. That's five, six outside guys that are very, very talented that could potentially go in the first round. So in terms of density at the top of this thing, there's a lot of guys that are very talented. And so it just seems to me like the value at 16 will be there assuming that the tackle from Georgia is not there, Broderick, <clears throat> Broderick Jones. So that, that just seems like a natural fit. Bump Kendall inside, get better on the outside. Like if you look at the one area where they struggled, it's having like a true 1A or, or 1B at the cornerback spot. And you look at teams that are really good on the outside. I'm going to take Philadelphia as an example. They have two really dynamic corners on the outside and then two dynamic safeties. And what that does, and again, you can talk about like which comes first there from a philosophical standpoint, excuse me, like with their seven 
off awesome pass rushers in Philadelphia and their awesome secondary. Like, what is the causation there? But I think you at least put yourself in a position bringing in a more skilled outside player to kind of vaunt that defense into the next sphere. Obviously, I think you need some pass rush depth as well, but that's something that can be addressed later. But I think that needs to be kind of the mindset of this team is like, how do you get that true like 1A, 1B type guy on the outside to match with Benjamin St. Just, get Kendall inside or whoever's going to be inside. And then all of a sudden that becomes a much different secondary, much different secondary dynamic. And the only reason I would kind of lean towards drafting, as I talked about this with you before, Craig, is free agent corners tend to not transfer schemes very well traditionally, right? So here's a guy you can kind of bring up with your own verbiage, your own philosophy, your own approach. And I think that that is um, maybe the way I would go if I was the GM. And like quarterbacks, uh, Washington has a very recent example of a high-priced free agent (laughs) (laughs) or a high-priced acquisition not necessarily working out in that regard. So I think that's a a very good point. One thing, and I'm curious, Logan, your thoughts on this, because I think that people inside the building or maybe split on this. Benjamin St. Juice at the end of the year at locker room cleanout day told us he felt like this year he established himself as a potential number one corner. He felt like, you know, he matched up on Justin Jefferson. You know, he, he was drawing some of the bigger assignments and he told me, I, I can be that number one guy. That's the, where I feel like my career is trending. I'm ready to take that mantle. I don't know. I think some people maybe in the building are confident he can do that, but I'm not sure everyone is sold mm. on that. And so I'm curious where you think like he could go from here. Well, I think that's the thing about cornerback specifically is there tends to be a lot of variance at the position. So like, is this just an up year for him or is he kind of actually taken the next step and reached a new plateau in his career where he can kind of work on building even further? And I think that's a very tough question. I think when you look at him fundamentally and how he fits in this defense, I would probably side with him. I think he's long and he's exceptionally quick. I think he studies really well. That's one of the things with the kids at the senior ball that really stuck out to me is you could tell they didn't study. And so like, you know, when the receiver gets to 10 yards and they break inside, they take three steps to accelerate to the cut as opposed to like a one, two T cut, right? Because they've, they don't know. Right. And Benjamin St. Juice is always a guy who seems to know. Right. And so I think, you know, and, and I think that's the, maybe the point of this conversation right now is that it doesn't matter if he's a true one, if he, you need a 1A, 1B, it's like, it's like this is a thing that I think philosophically people understand. It's you can't have like one, one good offensive lineman and everybody else be kind of average. Like that's not how it works. You need to be average across the board on offensive line. I, I think it's the same thing with the secondary. You need two good dudes outside. So for me, it doesn't matter if he's 1A or 1B. You need another guy. And, and then you can kind of figure out how you want to allocate those really tough responsibilities moving forward. But I think irrespective of how you view him, you need another guy is ultimately what it comes down to. Yeah. Yeah. And how you manage the humans is also really important because I think back, you know, if time is a flat circle in Washington football, it's really (laughs) honestly bizarre. Um, But you think back to when Bashar Breeland was coming up and he was a young player, fourth rounder, I believe who was really good and, and looked to be developing into a solid one. And they bring in Jano and Josh at the time was seen as maybe the best corner in football. And obviously folks had questions and there's all that kind of stuff, but he was certainly considered, you know, one of the top five uh, by any, any reasonable measure. And Breland kind of took that personally. He's like, I, what do you mean? Like this, you know, well, I was, I'm the paid. guy. He also didn't get paid. Right. right. Well, and there was a financial aspect to it. And so, you know, if you're St. Juice and you're coming up in a couple of years or maybe even after next year on, on a mm-hmm. contract, like 
do you want to be seen as that number one guy? Because that's going to get you more money. And like, how does that affect everything? And obviously like Benjamin St. Juice is a very different person than Bashad Breeland. Um, but there is, Bree was one of a kind. Everyone is a different person than Bashad Breeland. Um, only guy I've ever known to get thrown out of practice for listening to his own music in his headphones during a walkthrough. Um, but anyway, uh, the, the, the human management here of like being clear with St. Juice of like, yeah, we, we want a one, a one B and you're one a or whatever it is yeah. like that, that element of it is important because otherwise you wind up knocking St. Juice off and you know, his mentals are off and he's not as good of a player. So I do think that that, like that sounds, you know, wishy-washy or whatever, but like I've seen it happen and Logan, I'm sure you've seen it Sam, you've seen it in locker rooms that you've covered. Like, how you how you talk through these things matters and like in philly certainly darius slay had to be on board with james bradbury coming in and they're in the super bowl now so is saint juice on board with them you know taking a corner for in the first round or is he going to be like yo i thought that was my job like you got to you got to make sure that he knows where he stands uh and how much you value him otherwise you wind up not with one a and one b but you wind up with a, a first round rookie who's got a bunch of eyes on him and a guy who should be your number one corner who's in his own head and you know playing not very consistent football and when washington had the situation last year where you you draft Jahan dotson when your star receiver hasn't been paid there isn't that contract coming up to say hey no, we, we do love you, Terry. We do value you. Here is your money. Uh, so I think that – but if you go to Benjamin St. Juice and you say, okay, we took Joey Porter Jr. or whomever from that list, like we just need dudes. Like I, I think that there's got to be some element of, okay, you know, like this is how the board shook out or, or this is what we feel like we need because, I mean, it's it's – you could say this about every position with every team, right? You always want as much talent as possible. But I do think with corner specifically, it's sort of like the wide receiver market. Like you can never have enough good ones. And there are right. so many good ones coming up because of seven on seven, because of the structures of the game, because of the passing at the college level, whatever. Like uh, that's why, I mean, like the Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl with two starting corners who are rookies. Uh, you know, one was picked in the fourth round. One was picked in the seventh round. Like, like corners, there's going to be good corners available, but I still think the top end elite talents, like you see Patrick Sertan, like those guys are still at a premium because you, there's a lot of, there's a high floor, but there, there's a few who only get to that high ceiling. So I think that's how you got to approach it if you do end up going that route. Well, and also I think the fact that you would be drafting a guy is somewhat helpful. And what I mean by that is like he'll be coming up for his contract first, right? So like they right. can talk with totally. their money at that point, right? And like, that's one of the benefits of draft of drafting a guy, right? Is he's gonna be cheaper, right? So it it does. It's not like you're gonna. I think you know, like when they brought in um, the Carolina guy, you just said his name, uh, Josh anyway, Norman. Josh, they paid Josh seventy five million dollars. Right. You know what I mean? And so then it's like we can't pay you, Breland. Like so, sorry. It's like in this instance, like everyone can still get their money, right? Everyone can still get their opportunity to get rich in the NFL, and I think that's always really important. As opposed to if they were, I don't even know who the best free agent corner is right now. It's supposed to be a down year. But let's say they pay that guy fifty million bucks, and it, then St. Juice goes, "Well, you can't pay me now. So what the heck are we going to do?" It's kind of the same thing that's happening with Payne and Allen a little bit at the moment. Like mm -hmm. there's a little bit of animosity there because of not that this is perceived animosity. No one said anything to me. Let me just be very clear about that because John's been paid, and it kind of prohibits. Um, pain from getting paid if that makes sense so it's the same kind of dynamic here but i think the fact that it's a rookie will be helpful long term totally and by the way ironically you know who one of the uh, top free agent corners on the market is i have no idea james bradbury 
Really? Yeah. That he would signed be a one nice. year. Remember, he signed just yes. a one year, like seven and a half million dollar deal last He's year. He's about to get paid again, man. Holy yeah. cow. Look at that guy. Lucky for him, huh? Just the rich <laughs> get richer. You know what I mean? I mean, that, anyone have Super Bowl ring. Yeah. That's the that's the ideal outcome. I mean, like even when uh, I feel like when when Morgan Moses got cut, cut here, goes up to New York, and, and obviously he's probably not going to get the same you know third contract that the Bradbury gets. But when you get cut, land with another team with a one year deal, you know, kind of ball, and, and then go get yeah. another multi year deal, like that's huge. Yeah, absolutely. That's a lot of deal.